Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome along to the La Liga Lowdown podcast. My name is Ruri Barlow. I am your host. I'm along with Roman de Arquer. How are you doing, Roman? Hi, Ruri. I'm doing good. I mean, it was a very exciting uh, match day, I'd say. I kind of like it when all the games uh, take place at the same time. You know, there's there's plenty of excitement, plenty of things going on. And I mean, I really enjoyed that. Some last minute goals, which I think made it even more exciting. So uh, definitely a lot to... Uh, to enjoy this match day and more to enjoy in the final one next week. Yes, very exciting as you say. Just uh, in a picture for the listeners here, and uh, you can you cannot um, question my dedication. I am currently in a quite noisy bar <laughs> outside of Estación Nord in in Barcelona after my my trip to Camp Nou. I went to see uh, Busquets and Alba's final game at the stadium and the final game at the stadium before. Uh, they renovated and moved to Montreal. We'll come on to that a little bit later. We're going to kick off, we'll go to Europe as well a little bit later because there was goings on in that race, but there is no other place to start than the relegation battle because we do have our second relegated side, Espanyol. It's been a torrid campaign. They drew 2-2 with Valencia. They were leaving 2-1 in the until stoppage time, the Brathwaite goal and... And Cesar Montes goal as well. Had them 2-1 up after Diego Lopez has given Valencia the lead. And then in the closing minutes, Samuel Lino scores a brilliant effort, which sent Mestalla, um, which was mostly open, into kind of bedlam and, and supreme happiness. But Los Che's delight was Espanyol's kind of dour, dour defeat. And yeah, this, this is the climax of what has just been a disaster, isn't it, Roman? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, since uh, the defeat against Barca, we kind of saw this coming. Uh, they were there in a very complicated situation, and I, need, I mean, they needed a miracle basically to get out. And they were about uh, to be very close to that because you know they were two one up. Uh, they actually, you know, deserve to be in front, in my opinion. Even though it's true that Valencia at home were pressing, were generating, but you know, Espanyol being efficient and they were getting tough results at the end against Atletico. So that draw was very important for them, even though. A win would have been so much better, and it seemed like they might just, you know, hold on to first division, stay on until the very last match day, and then another Valencia late goal. There's been quite a, a few, I think, in the uh, past month or two. Um, 19 minutes goal that's kind of uh, saved them, and it's a Valencia. I mean, who could have sealed the deal uh, not that long ago against the Elche, but uh, they dropped points. So they've been missing out on some important results, and uh, they're also fighting for their life till the very end. But unfortunately. 
this time it was Espanyol who just couldn't uh, hang on there and it's uh, sad in a way because being from Barcelona you know you never completely uh, you prefer having two sides I'd say or more teams in the top division so unfortunately uh, I have to say goodbye to Espanyol. Yes, as you say, that is the end of Espanyol. They're on 36 points, can no longer overtake Celtic Vigo, who are in 17th place, safe for now, on 40 points. And and yeah, this was a season that started with so much promise and so much hope. We had Joselu, we had uh, Sergi Darder performing very well throughout the season, but Diego Martinez, it, thought, it felt as if this was going to be a new era for Espanyol. It felt as if perhaps they could put together kind of a consistent European charge but but ultimately it's all fallen apart and a few heads are going to roll and Valencia are on 41 points they they need probably just a point to keep themselves safe so, I mean just above them are by the lead who are on 39 points uh, just above Espanyol sorry and and they're yeah they face Atafi in what's just a, a dramatic a huge huge tie I mean vitally true now now away from home with Almeria which Given Almeria's form at home is not the worst result, but given the context, it does leave them more or less do or die against Hitafe, who are on 41 points. If Vaid's lead were to win that, then they would be safe. If Hitafe were to keep take a point from that, then they would ultimately stay up. Hitafe themselves had a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty intense, pretty blockbuster finish today. I mean, they beat Osasuna 2-1. They went behind after just two minutes. Um, but came back into the game, got themselves back into it at home. And Juan Milatasas equalised, but it was Jaime Mata, Jose Bordelas's old kind of uh, tar- target man, his main man up front, which got the 90th minute winner and and puts Hitafe in a position where they don't have to win on the final day. Yeah, they got a result uh, that wasn't easy. They had to fight for it. As you said, early goal really complicated things. But uh, Getafe, you know, kept on pushing. They kept crossing balls into the box, hoping that uh, their players would would get to those uh, crosses. And actually, both goals came from, from crosses, you know. So in the end, it really worked well. And we know that Bordelas, experienced manager, uh, would, could be the right man for this. Uh, at the moment, of course, they're still not saved. Anything can happen. But uh, he's really changing around. Changed things around you can see the mentality is that they, they believe in in what they're doing and that they have options of, of saving themselves of course and of course he's, he's moved players around and Mata for example as you said a classic from Bordalas who really wasn't counting too much for Kike Sanchez Flores this season uh, he's been given that trust and he's repaying Bordalas immediately with, with crucial goals I mean that 2-1 uh, can't state how important it is for them and at the moment uh, let's see what happens in that uh, Final match day, which is going to be an extremely exciting game against Valladolid because basically both teams are fighting for their lives. But uh, Getafe definitely know what they have to do in this one, which is to defend, close themselves in the back, and, and hope for for a counter or, or even a draw. I guess. Yeah, it was certainly an impressive result, and now it's a free game unbeaten run for Jose Bordalas, and you get the feeling just. With his experience, you'd imagine that they'd be favourites to close that out against Valladolid, who Paulo Pezzolano's side have been doing okay of late, but but not quite in form. We mentioned Celta Vigo, who of course are a dark horse to go down, essentially. I mean, they lost 1-0 to Cadiz, which a result which not quite keeps Cadiz up as well. Valencia are still in it with them, but, but it certainly puts Cadiz in a strong position on 41 points. It means a a couple of teams would have to win in order to send them down. Uh, Ruben Sobrino got the winner in that game over Celta. So that leaves Celta just a point above the relegation zone, as we were saying. Gareth 
strong at home. Sergio Gonzalez, we've been saying it all season that he's been doing a good job, but Celta, how concerning is this given they've got Barcelona on the final day of the season? It's it's concerning to see how they've really dropped. I mean, we all thought that with Carvajal, uh, things were changing. You know, they, they looked better. They actually got quite far away from that relegation zone. And out of nowhere, they're dropping back again. And I honestly, I don't have an explanation for that, you know. Uh, but of course, now it's going to be super complicated. As you said, it is against Barca. Good thing is Barca hasn't been fantastic uh, this last part of the season. I think for me, today's game at the Camp Nou was going to be a bit different because, as you mentioned, it was... Uh, the goodbye, you know, not just uh, of the Camp Nou, but also of Jordi Alba, Busquets. So you kind of felt like there was going to be a different atmosphere. You can probably tell us more about that later on as you were there. And uh, definitely there was going to uh, be more passion from the from the team to want to win this game, basically. So I, I honestly thought we would beat Mallorca. Obviously, the red card uh, made it even easier and allowed Barca to, to cruise through the game. Uh, but I wouldn't discard the possibility that Celta can can beat them you know I think uh, it won't be the toughest of games for them I think there would be other rivals which would probably be a lot harder although it is Barca in the end of the day and there is Lewandowski there and there is Ansu Fati and there is uh, all these uh, quality players so uh, Celta have really dug a hole and uh, let's see if they can save themselves at the very end. Yeah you, you mentioned that will be a rock and balaidos no doubt to face Barcelona it's Almeria who are just kind of above them on, on goal difference or on head-to-head as well now. And they face are already relegated to Espanyol on the final day of the season. Uh, looking at those other sort of relegation fixtures, Celta against Barcelona, as we mentioned, Cadiz have an already relegated Elche as well. So they'll be favourites to at least win, if not take points from that. And then that huge, huge Valladolid Hitafe game and they're all scheduled for nine o'clock spanish time on next sunday night so it should be a, a thrilling watch it has to be said betis are, are hosting valencia as well in that final game and betis kind of secured their spot which we will come on to in the second half of the show but just before we wrap up part one i mean barcelona three no winners like you say ansu fati scored after a minute he then scored another one um not too too long after and uh, gabby got a nice third goal an excellent finish from him it was a comfortable win, but I mean, this was uh, all about Jordi Alba, Sergio Busquets and Camp Nou itself saying farewell for, for in Camp Nou season, a season and a bit. And then in Busquets and Alba, it'll be the end of them as players at Barcelona. What were the kind of emotions going through your mind watching that, seeing that or kind of yeah, take, taking that into account after so many years? Well, in a way, I felt like I was kind of already prepared for this because they've been so many fans asking for these players to leave for so long it kind of felt like it was going to happen at some point so uh so much talk about that i think kind of made it easier in a way even though it's kind of sad to say that but uh, at the same time i know i mean they were they've been fantastic players for us uh two of the best in their position ever for the club probably if not the best in, the, in those positions uh, so i mean uh, they're going to be Certainly missed. It was sad to see Jordi Alba, of course, leaving with tears. You can tell how much he feels the club. Busquets maybe was a bit more, uh, had a tougher skin in that sense, you know, and then uh, let those emotions uh, get to him. But I'm sure he'll probably be crying later on or wherever because at the end it's been a lifetime, you know, playing at Barca, winning so many titles, uh, doing grand things. So uh, it's sad. I mean, um, when you think more about it, uh, you realize there's like a, you know, there's something missing there. And that's going to be very, very hard to replace if they can be replaced at all. 
So definitely wish them all the best and thank you very much for all those good moments they gave to us. Yeah, certainly echo those thoughts. It will be, I think it almost sets in a little bit more when they're gone as opposed to the kind of final day. Um, it, it was pretty surreal watching them kind of say goodbye. Sergei Busquets said that he'd fulfilled his dream as a kid and it was not only had he fulfilled it, but that it was better than he'd thought it would be, that it gave him more than he had imagined and that as a kid he would go to the games, he would go to away games, he would feel that kind of pride for Barcelona. So, so yeah, for Busquets it, it was a dream career and Jordi Alba as well, who um, is sort of very cute video of him as a as an eight-year-old or something kind of flashed around camp now as they were kind of playing out his memories and alba saying that these are the best years of my life essentially and, and you you could really kind of feel that and I, I think that's perhaps kind of best sums it up and especially even in camp now's kind of history busquets and alba arguably kind of their spell at the club kind of traverses the best years in maybe Camp Nou's life, lifetime too. It was that kind of spell which started with Pep Guardiola and Busquets obviously and now um, has dropped off a little bit in recent years but certainly those two were key, key figures and yeah, yeah, it, it will be strange not to see them and, and even just all, all of the kind of classic things that they do, the Jordi Alba kind of run down the left and then cutting it back. I mean, you had Busquets today, there was a ball cut back deliberately for him to shoot on the edge of the box. Didn't quite like what he saw. And so he did two cross turns and then eventually pass it out wide to an on rushing fullback, which was very in character for him. Um, but yeah, that I will stop rambling on about Barcelona <laughs> um, as I, as I um, want to do. Um, if you don't have any final thoughts on Barcelona, we will skip on to part two. Yeah, nothing else really. I mean, it was all about the, the goodbyes in the end. Absolutely. Well, don't go anywhere because we'll be back with plenty more on the way and uh, plenty more of uh, big happenings in La Liga, big events and sort of, uh, yeah, season-defining matches essentially. So, so, yeah, we'll be back in just a second. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware weather ready teak and quick dry foam cushions for memorial day get 15 percent off your burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast and up to 25 percent off outdoor that's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to part two of the La Liga Lowdown podcast. It's Rudy Barlow, it's Roman de Arquer. We promise you Europe and this section will be almost exclusively European. We're going to come on to kind of the the Europa League final in a little bit as well and a little word on Sevilla. But Real Sociedad is the team that I want to start with. Start with. They lost to Atleti 2-1 away from home. Sherlock got a late consolation after Griezmann. And uh, well, Molina, who's who's scored four goals now and equaled Godin's record for defensive goals at Atleti, but at Real didn't do it themselves in this case. But this is the reward for a long, hard slog of a season, which has been dominated by academy talents, Imanol Aguafil, and and yeah, it's the in my mind. If it wasn't before, I mean, you had the Copa del Rey, you had three years in Europe in a row, and now the Champions League. You couldn't really dream of any more for Lareal, could you? Uh, definitely, I think it's it's a dream come true. I mean, it's been some really good years. Uh, they've done a phenomenal job. I mean, as you said, uh, take into account they're, they're playing with so many uh, kids coming from their academy, you know, that that's really difficult to, to make that work and to get so many players to be successful at that level. Of course, there are other signings and to complement the squad, etc. But also take into account that they've been missing um, very important player this season due to injury. We talked about Sadiq, obviously being their star signing uh, in the transfer market after Isaac left, and he hasn't been able to play barely any games. And of course, Oyarzabal, who had that really tough injury, and he's struggled to recover his best form. In fact, it still, it does, still doesn't look like the old Oyarzabal, we could say so. And David Silva constantly having these injuries, I guess, due to age or whatever. So, I mean, if you add all this up and, and see what they've done, it's it's just amazing, you know. So, uh, Aguacil has, has been phenomenal. I just can stand and applaud all, all the great job uh, they've done. And not just the manager, but, you know, that you can tell this is a thing from the club as a whole. It works in synchrony perfectly um in in the right uh, in the same path in the same uh, idea so that's that's fantastic and uh, they didn't get to win Atletico Madrid would, would have given them a chance maybe to fight for um a place in the super cup uh, for next year but uh, still i mean despite that uh, they can be super happy and you could see after the game in fact they were like celebrating their uh, qualification to the champions league which is just an incredible feat absolutely yeah. and it's it's not new things that we're saying but in many ways that's just as impressive is this it's the fact that it's been so sustained over so many years there's been no real drop off and especially when you take into account those injuries i mean if you'd uh, kind of proffered that to me at the start of the season said laria will suffer these injuries these players will not be available I think there's no way I would have said that they would be in the top four. I think a lot of us didn't predict them to be in the top four as it was, let alone with that. So, uh, so yeah, mightily impressive from La Real, who are on 68 points. 
They are five ahead of Villarreal, who, as we said, lost. They went down 2-1 away from home to, to Rayo Vallecano. Um, it was a goal from Isi Palathon and RDT, uh, Raul de Tomas, who, who downed them. Gio Lo Celso got a late consolation for them. But, but yeah, this is, again, in many ways, La Real, let's not take any credit away from them at all. But the fact that Villarreal were on their best form of the season, Nico Jackson's on absolute fire. And when it comes down to it, they could have really put some pressure on La Real here going into the final game. But they, they didn't do it. They didn't meet the moment, so to speak. Yeah, I think uh, Villarreal were probably also surprised by by this version of Rayo Vallecano, who uh, have been a bit more maybe irregular, we can say, towards this end of the season. They had to come from three defeats in a row. Uh, they were looking a bit <clears throat> weaker, maybe that they'd given up on that uh, conference league spot, but uh, they really were the better side. You know, they dominated the game for me. Uh, and Villarreal maybe weren't as sharp as other games. I was surprised to see Gerard Moreno starting off from the bench, uh, even though Nico Jackson is obviously in, in fantastic form and he has to start no matter what, you would expect to complement that with uh, a great assist, uh, assisting player as well as a scorer such as uh, Gerard Moreno, but it wasn't the case, uh, even though he came on later, but I guess it was a bit too late. And I mean, it was going to be always very tough for Villarreal to catch up with Real Sociedad, uh, despite the, it could have put some pressure on there, but honestly, uh, I think their chance was, was before and also they've also had their own injury problems with the same Gerard Moreno who's been missing quite a lot of games. Lo Celso obviously missed a great part of the season and other players and of course the managerial shift etc etc. Et so Villarreal uh, haven't had it as easy as we expected. We thought they would be a bit higher up maybe at least in my personal opinion I thought they would qualify at the beginning of the season for the Champions League but uh, it is what it is. They got pretty close there and let's see if they can keep growing towards next season because I mean they still have a fantastic squad and I think they can they can still be ambitious and, and fight again for the Champions League next season if not, not too many changes take place in the squad. Certainly I think uh, I I echo those feelings again with Villarreal I think yeah there'll be a sense of frustration in the fact that perhaps it's a missed opportunity knowing how many times that they perhaps could have put a little bit more pressure on or if Gerard Mano had been fit or if they had had a bit more kind of consistency through various points but as you say there are reasons for optimism um, behind them Real Betis secured their kind of six spots beyond all doubts they beat Girona 2-1 away from home Miguel Gutierrez scored the opener for Girona um, for the Borja Iglesias double finally back in form Borja El Panda um, and secures Betis place there and uh, I mean Girona Osasuna were beaten by Hatafe, Girona were beaten by by Betis there. I mean, Rayo, we thought, were out of it, but they were the only team amongst the six uh, kind of vying for that uh, Conference League place in seventh that actually won. So they are right back in it. There are, are just three points separating those six. Osasuna in seventh place at the moment. They're on 50 points. Athletic on 50 as well. Uh, Girona on 49, Rayo on 49, Sevilla on 49, Mallorca still in it after their defeats at Camp Nou 47. It felt very much end of season for them, but ultimately they are still in it. And those games uh, next weekend will be at 6.30. They're scheduled for Mallorca host Rayo, La Real host Sevilla, Villarreal Atleti, Real Madrid Athletic and Osasuna are at home to Girona. Betis um at, at home to Valencia as well as we mentioned earlier but but yeah it's uh, it, it's going to be a blockbuster weekend for that seventh spot as well uh, moving on to Sevilla who who were beaten by Real Madrid they lost 2-1 um, Rodrigo got a 
uh, a brace against them after Rafa Mir opened the scoring. Again, all focus is on the Europa League for this. How do you kind of see them going into that? Well, I mean, I think uh, Sevilla have the confidence. I mean, they've left behind those uh, those worries they had in terms of relegation. You know, that's that's the thing of the past. Now they uh, still have a shot, uh, of course, at that uh, conference league spot. But if they do win the Europa League, that won't even be something they'll have to think about. So, I mean, they definitely um, they come in good form. I think Rome, uh, Rome are, are a strong side, but at the same time, I kind of feel like Sevilla are superior. They have, for me, the better squad. They have um, a really good team now with 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 Mendy. I think they've really changed things around. They look a lot more solid. Of course, the game against Real Madrid was going to be a tricky one because, for me, their minds were set in this game. And, of course, there was an early sending off uh, in a match which completely also uh, helped change the outcome of things, you know, and, and you kind of felt that it would be tough for them to, to run away with with a win there, even though they did get that early goal in the third minute, but uh, after um, the red card at the end, I think kind of killed their options and they weren't going to go too too far off, you know, taking into account that they had this this Europa League game. So, I mean, um, I, th I think they'll be favourites. I think they're in, they're in good shape and honestly, I hope they uh, keep, um, how do you say this, increasing their legend in, in the Europa League because Sevilla are the team for that title. Yeah, I was going to come up with kind of an alternative to what you said there, but I realised I absolutely don't have the English at this this point in the, the day <laughs> to, to find it after so much drama and uh, so much going on. Um, just finally, very quickly, um, Mendelibar, Mourinho, I mean, that is the big factor for me because I, I agree with you. I think Sevilla, in terms of squad, in terms of the way that they've been playing lately, have a little bit of an edge for me, but it is just the fact that Mendelibar, who has been brilliant in Europe so far, is facing kind of the the ace of spades in Jose Mourinho. Do you, how do you think that will play out? Well, I mean, I kind of feel like in a, in a final, things change a bit, you know, because I mean, of course, there's there's tactical stuff, but it, I think it becomes even more emotional. Uh, the support of the fans becomes even more important. Uh, the motivation of the players is, is different. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors there that I think are pretty different from a standard uh, Europa League group stage game or even the first knockout stages or even a Liga game, etc. You know, being a final, being such a big match, uh, in the end, it will depend on, on, on what the players are thinking and feeling at the moment and how they react to, to certain situations. And of course, the manager is always important. Like having a guy like Mourinho with experience in, in European finals is definitely a plus and he's going to probably know how to uh, get his players to click and, and, and make uh, the right decisions at the right time. But um, I still believe that, you know, the, the, the Sevilla factor, the Europa League, knocking out so many important teams on the way, taking into account they were fighting for relegation. A lot of people thought that it was going to be over soon for Sevilla, that maybe even they had to give up on Europe to focus on La Liga, but they could focus on both things. And now they're in that final. So for me, uh, Sevilla are just special when it comes to Europa League. And no matter who's on that bench, it kind of feels like they just keep pushing forward. And that's a good note to end on for me. Uh, make sure you're across our, our written content at lllonline.substack.com. I'm not sure quite who's on the written piece for tomorrow morning, but good luck to, to them for <laughs> unpicking that. But I'm sure it'll be worth a read. We'll be back on Thursday with the next podcast reviewing Sevilla's um, Roman conquest and see how they get on with that. But thank you very much, Roman, for your time. Thanks as always, and looking forward to see how that last match day pans out.
Absolutely. The border letter is definitely <laughs> choking into life now. Um, but yes, on that note, Adeo from Barcelona. And thank you very much for listening and have an excellent week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.